0: consumer goods, business owners, and marketing professionals. Does planning content ahead of time stress you out? Do you want to run Instagram and Facebook ads, but just aren't sure where to start? If your answer is yes and yes, then our mini course was made for you. It's 100% free and packed with essential tactics that you can implement as soon as today. To join in, visit our website at umimarketing.com minicourse mini course. All right, let's get on with the pod.
1: Hey, welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Allison and Karen, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we are being joined today by Steph and Lindsay from The Rhine PR for our special four-part series where we're auditing young CPG brands on PR and digital marketing. So welcome everyone to episode one. We're diving into Willow Street Snacks, which is a grass-fed biltong, hope I'm saying that right, who offers flavors like cherry habanero, buffalo mushroom, and sweet and sour pear. Really cool and fun flavors. So let's kick off this audit with The Rind. They're going to take the lead on their PR suggestions and tips for Willow Street. So ladies, take it away.
2: Okay. I guess I will kind of um, kick this off then. So um, yeah, for for PR, we want to look at a lot of uh, different things, um, but really what we focus on is storytelling and brand awareness. So, you know, the kind of the first thing we looked at when we were doing this audit was the website, looking at the messaging on the site itself and, you know, kind of digging into different parts, you know, there's like the, um, obviously there's the different products and about those. And then, you know, ideally a brand is going to have like, you know, a bit about their story and a bit about what sets them apart. So we were looking at that on the Willow Street Snacks page and the product section where they kind of talk about what they do differently is good and clear. Um, about how the jerky is made, and there's a lot of focus on the quality of the beef and the handmade approach. Um, but uh, one thing that we saw um, that was like clearly missing here is that it doesn't really say anywhere on the website that they make biltong. Um, like if you look at the product, you see it says biltong on the packaging, but it doesn't really say anywhere that they make biltong, which is different from jerky, um, and you know how it's different. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, if you're doing something different from the norm, it's a good idea to call it out um, in your messaging and the messaging can be, you know, on your website. But also it's one of those things where overall, like when we're as PR professionals sharing um, sharing a brand story with the media, we want to be able to easily find those things and call them out. And then when people are going back to the website, it should connect there as well. Um, with those like kind of key differentiators. We and, yeah. we made
1: that note as well. Um, Karen and I were lucky enough to work with a Biltong. I don't know why I struggle with that word uh, brand back in the day, but that was the first time I've ever heard of it. And so um, I'm assuming the average consumer, you know, that's probably something new. The average consumer who's um, very familiar or eating beef jerky, would come here and, and, you know, not fully understand right off the bat. So I think that's that education on the website. um, And then through all the other marketing materials is, would be really crucial for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's something that I think we can like, we can agree that is an obvious differentiator that should really be called out like across all marketing platforms, really. (laughs) So yeah, and then kind of other things that we we're looking at, um, you know, there's the our story page on their website. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, like you can tell they wrote it themselves. It's really like casual and fun. But, you know, I think um, adding information about who the founders or the makers are is always really important as well. You know, it's a big part of the story. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's like, why did you decide to make it? Are you solving a problem that you saw and you um are trying to you know like solve that with your product, or is there nothing else like what you're doing on the market or nothing else that is you know the right quality or thing things like that? I think that um is something that they could call out a bit more, and even just like what are the qualifications of the the founders, the people that are making them like that can be another part of the story of you know, of the brand and why, why people want to buy it.
3: So I think something else that we noticed um, just on like a first initial pass is, you know, understanding really clearly like where the product is available um, beyond the website um, and beyond direct to consumer. And I think obviously you want to maximize, um, you know, D2C sales and your website is kind of how you're going to do it. But also giving additional, you know, points of sale options like walmart.com and Kroger, um, even if they're not necessarily available at that time, you know, having a like coming soon um, on the website, just so you're consistent from social media to your website. You want to make sure that, you know, how you're telling your story is consistent across all platforms and kind of, you know, Allison, you mentioned that um, making sure that you're, you know, telling your story from all of your marketing materials to your website um, and then to the media and that it's consistent, but also easy to understand. And then, you know, when we're looking, you know, at how to reach the media, um, you know, it really starts with how to tell a story and um, taking a step back in, you know, understanding the story. And so really making sure that all of your talking points on the website are pretty easy to understand. And, um, you know, I think Steph kind of, hit the nail on the head with, you know, maybe not everybody knows, um, the difference between, uh, jerky and biltong and, and really calling that out on the website, I think would go a long way. Um, because, you know, as publicists, we can explain that to our media contacts, but having somebody have to search through the website, um, you may, you know, lose that customer you know, we also kind of dove into the website and, um, did a kind of a quick Google search, uh, to see what media coverage there may have been, um, and found a couple links. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's awesome to be able to leverage that press and it's great that, um, they've gotten that media coverage already, but maybe having a separate section on the website, um, whether that's like another tab or landing page where people can go to view, you know, where it's been covered. um, And just making sure that all of the links are clickable. Cause I think that there were a few links that may have either been dead links or um, went to a, a, not necessarily the right, um, the right website.
1: Yeah. I didn't even see any press um, when I was looking through. So If they have some press hits, I mean, let's see them. That's such good clout, right?
3: Exactly. Right. Um, And
2: yeah, when we're pitching to media, you know, like before you're going to buy something, before you're going to cover something, if you're a media person, you're going to kind of like do some Googling yourself to see what's already been covered. Um, And having a little bit of clout is good Um, or even... Knowing what's already been covered and figuring out what is still left, you know, like what hasn't been covered is also helpful for media. So it's all kind of part of how you're presenting yourself to them, um, you know, just on the internet essentially.
0: Yeah. And y'all are talking about the two links like on their website on the homepage at the bottom that are dead yeah. links. Yeah, that it's such a good reminder to us all <laughs> to just audit our website a little bit more often than we're used to because. I mean that's that's amazing to have those hits and um, to get picked up like that, but if it's not leading to anything, what what's the use, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. That, <laughs> is that something y'all
1: see a lot um, with you know different news or media sites changing links and then you've lost your backlink, you've you've lost the link as the the customer or the client?
3: It sometimes happens, and I think you know I always recommend having making sure that you're capturing all of your press hits, um, and keeping them either like in a press report or, you know, even just creating something on Canva um, is great because then you can use that as a template to share on social. You can include it in a newsletter, like, hey, you know, have you seen us in um, mm-hmm. Fox News? Um, and being able to leverage that, you know, ongoing, even if you know, for example, if a website does like a total overhaul, or it, you know, God forbid, with you know media um, publications kind of closing, you run the risk of you know having a great press hit on a publication that is you know no longer in service. You know, that's kind of defunct now. So you want to make sure that you're keeping everything in kind of a, a like a master press report. Those can also be used for you know. Um, pitching decks for investors or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you know, sending it out to potential retailers. Those are great ways to just kind of show, you know, how you're seen in the market um, and give you kind of that credibility that a lot of people are looking for.
1: Yeah. I I love that idea of keeping like a Canva template. Um, Is that what you meant by Canva? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, that is huge proof for if you ever want to run ads, if, you know, your target market, if you want to run, you know, geo-targeted ads in Boston or um, retail ads in Boston. And in that ad, it's, you know, a quote from the Boston Herald and their logo or what have you. That's going to be uh, a lot more influential than you know, not having that, so definitely keeping track of that and just remembering to utilize it across all of your channels.
3: Yeah, exactly. And another big thing, you know, that that we do um, at the Rind, you know, in addition to media relations, is um, influencer relations. And I know there's a lot of crossover in um, in those types of services with. The rise of, you know, social media and marketing and PR agencies um, just because it's such a great tool. Um, it, you know, there's such a kind of like low barrier to entry for a lot of brands that may not necessarily have a huge budget for a campaign. So when we were looking through um, the Instagram account, didn't really see any, um, you know, influencer campaigns. Um, and a lot of times, you know, just kind of taking a quick look through like the tagged posts mm-hmm. um, and seeing if there was anything that was like, you know, UGC reposted um, on the Instagram account, but didn't really see much of that. And I think that's definitely a great area of opportunity to um, to dive in and really gain some visibility. Um, and, you know, I think there's a ton of opportunity with CPG brands and influencer campaigns these days because, um, a lot of influencers while they are looking for, you know, paid opportunities, uh, will still, you know, support some of these smaller brands, especially if it's more of a micro influencer and it's like a niche product. So some, I mean, something like this, I think, you know, um, Beltong is something that's still kind of unique. And I think people would be, you know, influencers specifically would be really interested in, especially if there's like, um, kind of like a paleo health angle.
0: Something that's like, I don't know if we were completely clear on this because it's not really clear in their marketing either. And I mean, I know we can see their offerings, but like they have vegan options, you know, like that Mm -hmm. they have (laughs) mushroom jerky on top of their grass fed beef jerky or biltong, my bad. And it's just (laughs) like, wow, this is, I, I, I feel like the opportunities are a little bit a lot more open with being able to partner with micro-influencers because you can go for anybody. Anybody can either have vegan mushroom jerky or beef biltong, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I will admit, I didn't even notice they had mushroom jerky because like there's a video of a cow on (laughs) on the homepage. Like they're really leaning into the beef component of it, which is you know, it's great, like it's part of the story, but it seems like that got lost. Um, and is, you know, a big part of the story as well. And yeah, definitely there's I mean, there's definitely vegan, vegetarian influencers out there that, you know, would make sense to have them share it. And then you can have your like, you know, keto, <laughs> CrossFit, etc. type people with the beef. Um, that's just one, you know, type of influencer. There's obviously like foodie influencers and things like that, um, that you can kind of tap into. So, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, even if it's beyond, um, just going
1: straight vegan for that product that there's such a huge push for, you know, just educated, smart consumers to be more plant-based and, and that could really be more of the value prop behind that product is, you know, um, these products are, from cows and like, you know, are, are made it really well. But, um, you know, if, if you're trying to include more plants into your diet, you know, there's an awesome, I mean, vegan Buffalo mushroom turkey sounds so good. I really want to try it too. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it got lost on me too, though. I didn't notice it.
0: When it comes to those stuff, when you just said that, it kind of piqued my interest because like we, we have opinions, but (laughs) when you're looking at like the keto paleo influencer versus the foodie influencer, is there like a influencer that you think moves the needle more like lifestyle? Like there's so many different groups.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it really depends on the brand. Like, I don't think really across the board, there's a certain kind and, it, you know, like we can, we can fit people into these or like influencers into these different buckets and like verticals of like lifestyle or vegan or whatever. But, oh, you know, a lot of times there's other things on their accounts that aren't only that as well. And they, there could be overlap. Um, it could be vegan and lifestyle or, you know, like there's just different things that you kind of realize when you're researching influencers. But um, I mean, yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to the, like what the brand is and what their, what their goal is. And then trying to hit as many of the different influencers as possible, of course, with, you know, budget and time that goes into outreach, you can't always, you know, hit up all of them at the same time. (laughs) Um, But also one thing to think about too, is like, coming up with custom um, influencer packages for the different like types of influencers, you know, finding like-minded brands, um, like finding other vegan brands, right? And then um, sending those to the vegan influencers and, um, you know, or something that's like (laughs) all keto snacks or even like, you know, if it's a wellness influencer, there's maybe some other like, I don't know, just some other like kind of wellness brand that that makes sense, whether it's like, I don't know, a water bottle or I'm blanking on other good ideas right now. But
0: (laughs) that's really interesting. So are you kind of suggesting like these PR boxes to influencers? It is a good idea to include like an array of products. That's, That's like a new concept to me, at least. Honestly, like influencers, the way you approach influencers has
2: really... Change. I mean, at the core, it's still kind of the same. You know, you're sending them something and asking them to post or share in some way. But the thing, the like the actual packages. If you're thinking about how many packages any given influencer, or for this matter, like the same thing actually applies to media samples too. Um, the amount of packages these people get every day is crazy, right? So <laughs> you really have to get creative and think like, what is going to make my brand's package stand out? Um, whether it's something that's just going to look better on social media, or if I think we found that they're the like kind of most impactful, uh, packages, like in terms of ROI are ones that have things that are like items they could also use during, you know, their regular day, or if it's like a whole package with all the components of a recipe so they can actually make it not just like, here's a shirt and some biltong
0: you know,
3: <laughs> <laughs> or something I think that is attached to, uh, a seasonality or an event. So if you're sending something out in the beginning of summer, maybe it's like ultimate road trip, um, mm-hmm. you know, pack, or, you know, if it's, you know, in August, it's like a, you know, back to school survival guide, something like that. And so you're, you know, potentially wrangling other like-minded brands, but also items that kind of make sense or that really showcase how to use that product. Um, I think those are the ones that kind of make the most impact. Um, and then, you know, to kind of tag on to that, you know, with influencers, I think the most effective campaigns, and you probably see this um, in your world a lot with newsletters, is that Having some sort of call to action is the best way to really measure, yeah, you know, the effectiveness of that campaign.
1: Yeah, can you expand on on call to action? Like, so, what what that would look like?
3: So, I think you know, a great call to action for um, an influencer campaign specifically can range anywhere from, um, you know, a Special discount code that is exclusive to that influencer. So anytime you see somebody post, um, you know, like use my code, um, you know, Gen Twenty for twenty percent off your first purchase. Um, that's a great incentive for their followers. You'll also be able to track that, and you can internet. track it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to kind of see, you know, what types of. I mean, effect. You know, effectively, you want to have influencers be your partners and you want to be able to work with them again. And so creating this partnership that is beneficial for them and you is the best way of that, you know, best use of everybody's time. Um, And so if they're seeing, you know, a lot of their followers get, um, you know, find this like really beneficial, they're going to want to work with you again. Or if they're, um, you know, set up as an affiliate and they're getting a commission on the back end. Um, we've worked with brands that have done that where um, you know the influencers receive a certain percentage commission on any sales um, that they you know push to the website um, so yeah I think you know doing a, a pro you know some sort of promo code or um, special offer anything that is you know feels exclusive or feels special um, whether or not it actually is you know you could be working with a couple different influencers um, if it is like a um, you know, a sneak peek at a flavor that you're releasing that is like special just to them. Um, Something that just really kind of feels a little bit unique. You know, you can also, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing a discount code, if you're pushing something that is, um, you know, like a new product um, where it's like limited release, um, that's another call to action where, you know, there's this kind of like finite amount of product and you know people are going to want to scoop it up immediately um things like that so there's a lot of different roads you can kind of take um and yeah i think it, it's it's a great way to be able to track you know roi as well yeah that's uh, for us that's the most important
1: part is being able to track it awesome well hot tips coming from the pr
3: ladies what what else do we got um so we kind of were you know in our our you know dive onto Instagram, um kind of, you know, took a look at what are some of the, you know, community engagement or relationships that, um, you know, that Willow Street Snacks has, um, whether that is like retail or wholesale partners, um, or you know, what are some of these like giveaways with other brands? Um, and, you know, also really taking a look at what some of the competitors are doing and doing really well. Um, and I think, you know, finding like-minded brands and opportunities, um, to collaborate, whether that is a giveaway. Um, and so that's kind of like a group giveaway where you have, you know, five products and you have to follow all of the brands, um, in order to win or, you know, comment, it's a great way to build your social media following um, and to kind of gain visibility on some of these other brands' um, platforms. Um, it's also a great way to kind of, you know, potentially create other newsworthy PR moments um, if you're doing some sort of like a collaboration or partnership. So a couple of opportunities that I think um, they did really well with, you know, the Clean Fit Box is a great um a great, you know, way to leverage other brands and, um, and really kind of create those connections on social media. Um, and really just kind of showcasing, you know, your products alongside, um, you know, the kind of, you know, CPG community, you know, and seeing what other like-minded brands are doing, um, on social and maybe it's teaming up with another brand to like co-host a hike or, um, you know, including a, uh, you know, a bag of product in a swag bag um, at an event, you know, that is like a a wellness event or something like that.
2: Those are basically kind of like community building and partnership type things, which is like, in a sense, we have kind of like three pillars of, of what we do, which is media relations, influencers, and then community building and partnerships. And those are like the three ways that we pretty much suggest a brand is utilizing with PR to create brand awareness in different ways so like if someone sees a media story and then they also notice this brand is sponsoring a hike they're going on um you know it's just it's building that brand identity a bit more so um so yeah we're we're always trying to think of like what are the what are like the ways in these three areas that brands can get in front of more people or even just like build a stronger relationship with the same people. Mm -hmm.
1: So do you guys have a um, like set amount of giveaways or collaborations that you try to produce and run for clients? Is there kind of a
3: number that people should
1: try to be hitting? Um, not
3: necessarily. I think it, it kind of just goes back to what your goals are. And, you know, if your goals are to increase your social media following by, you know, X amount of followers in six months or something like that, that's just, you know, one of the tactics and just kind of measuring how successful some of those, you know, partnerships or giveaways are, um, and then reassessing as needed. But I think, you know, you know, for us in this kind of like community building, um, area, a lot of times clients are really looking to increase visibility, but also, um, kind of create, you know, partnerships that give them authenticity in that community, um, you know, allow them to connect with people in a really different way. Um, I mean, it's a lifeline to consumers that doesn't feel like they're being, you know, advertised to. Um, And so we're always trying to find, you know, as the landscape changes, we're always trying to find creative ways to reach, you know, a target market. Um, And this is just one of those different avenues um, that, you know, we find really effective and can be really fun. Um, You know, any sort of like collaborations, whether that is, you know, a CBD brand coming up with a you know custom ice cream um, it's a fun way to get in front of the community and talk about the brand um, and it also creates kind of a, a you know a newsworthy PR moment you know moment that we can then use to pitch to media um, plus it allows great you know social media content we can um, send it to influencers which then creates UGC content um, it uh, first up, opportunities for you know marketing and newsletter content, um, and I think also you know connecting with like-minded brands um, you know provides opportunities to lend yourself as um, as an expert. You know whether that is like giving tips on um, you know types of vegan snacks um, you know to bring on a picnic, or you know uh, entrepreneurial stories and tips, um, for other brands, whether they're using it on a guest blog or a newsletter, um, and then vice versa. So I think it just goes back to kind of long story short, figuring out what your goals are and what you're hoping to achieve through that. And then, um, kind of creating a strategy. But, you know, I think when you're looking at, you know, I guess, Willow Street snack specifically in terms of, um, what some of the other opportunities and areas of opportunities are, you know, we noticed that they are available in a couple retailers, um, and, you know, leaning on them to, you know, help leverage their availability there, um, like Foragers in New York, for example, um, you know, opens them up to their network, um, and using them as a resource for tips as well. So kind of using the same tactics with a different type of partner.
0: So many partnership opportunities. I love that. It's like, I, I mean, why not? We talk about it on digital so much too. Like if there's an audience overlap, not overlap, mm-hmm. but likeness, mm-hmm. you got a partner. That's how to find, I mean, it, it is one of the best ways to be able to grow your audience. So yeah, for sure. Tips. Cool. Is there anything else PR related that you guys saw that you want to go over before we jump into the marketing and digital side? I feel like that pretty much covers it.
3: I think there's a lot of opportunity and I think it seems like a really interesting product. And um, I think there's a great base with photography and with the story to kind of build on that, um, to create a lot of opportunities. I love that opportunity. (laughs) Good.
0: (laughs) Um, and excuse me for the gentleman across the street rubbing his motorcycle engine. If you guys hear that, that's what's happening. <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't bother you too much. But okay, so we've covered PR. Let's get into a little bit of a marketing dive audit, if you will. Um, and we're going to start with Instagram. So that's that's always the first place that I look generally. I know I should go to a website, but I generally do look at the Instagram cuz I'm like what are they doing? What how are they active? What kind of social proof do they have? What are they posting? So, as I look through it, the what like the main thing that I just that catches my attention right away is that it's just product, 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 product. And what we generally like to do, uh, not generally, we always like to do this. We want to establish what we call messaging buckets. People call them content pillars. You can call them whatever you want, but there's just these themed pieces of content that you can establish and create subtopics beneath it. So that the content that you're putting out on social is super varied, it's engaging, people are entertained, and they want to keep following you. There's no reason to follow anybody on social if you're not being entertained in some way. So establishing those messaging buckets is going to be key. I don't know if they've done it yet. It just seems like super product heavy, so I don't feel like they have. But if, if you have, maybe just like add a few more things. Um, and one of the things that I think you guys can touch on so much more is that when I look at your bio, I love, I love your headline, Biltong Jerky and Vegan Snacks. Super ser- searchable. Anybody can go in your search and find that and it might bring you to their page. But the first two words in their bio outside of their headline says responsible beefing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. Yes, let's talk about sustainability. Let's talk about regenerative agriculture. Let's talk about whatever you guys think of when you think, when you want to say, call out responsible beefing. But when I'm looking through the content, I see nothing about responsible beefing. There's very little to none, actually, when I look at the past couple months when it comes to those that that phrase responsible beefing responsible farming so i would love to see that education messaging bucket super uplifted and i think that ties into what you guys were talking about on pr and on the website it's like mm-hmm. we're building a story when we're when we're marketing we're storytelling we're trying to build the brand in that way and that comes from touching on different aspects of the business stressing the things that are really important to you and your mission Um, And that is really helpful in the content that you share. You guys are on the same page about that, right? Yeah. And also like
2: media and influencers like you, like most people are also going to go to the Instagram page. um, Even if sometimes we send them the website first, like everyone's still going to look at Instagram to like further see, like visually see how they can flesh out their story or if there's more there. So yeah, just, I think that makes a lot of sense, like to be using their social media account to really share that story too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And another thing that I, another happy suggestion would be if you guys don't have a Canva account, get Canva. I want every brand to have Canva because it's so dang easy and you don't need a graphic designer and there's so many templates and you guys have fun branding. So get a Canva account, upload your brand branded guidelines or brand colors and typography and all that good stuff so that you can create a lot of fun educational content that way too. A lot of imagery, a lot of uh, infographics and things like that generally perform really well in this space because there's a lot of information, a lot of education to share. And I don't know, some article posted, it's just like, 90 something, it's a high number percent of consumers, like especially the younger generation are talking about how they want to only purchase from mission-based sustainable brands. So it's like, let's stress this as much as possible. I love that you're putting it in the in the bio, but give it to me elsewhere. Okay. Another thing I saw. So link in bio, when we are on Instagram, you can't add links anywhere else on your post, you have one place to put your link, give it to us. Tell us where we need to go to immediately perform an action, a purchase, giving you my email, something that you want from me. And generally that's not, that's not just the homepage of your website, unless you have like a pop-up that comes up or something that's going to get me right when I get to your website. So if there are multiple places that you want to send people, you have a little bit of recipe and blog content stuff. I know that you guys were featuring it in lower in the feed. I don't know if you're doing it so much anymore. Use a link tree, use something that can insert a lot of different links and just make sure that those top ones are your most important ones. So if you're offering. A percent off, or you're offering free shipping for first time, or a percent off for first time purchasers, or free shipping on all orders, or whatever it is, have that at the very top to entice people to click through. And then the last thing I want to talk about in, about on Instagram is variation in actual content. So what I love to see is that this brand is doing like a little bit of behind the scenes trying to talk about some of their employees, giving a little look at them. Uh, It's a good idea to edit those a little bit more, I would say. So whether that's to just like knock off the first uh, few seconds or so of you kind of establishing the set, getting the person comfortable in front of the camera and things like that, you can edit that out. I'm not going to be nitpicky on this though, because I'm just glad you're doing it. (laughs) But with Reels content, there's so much opportunity here. So just play with video content, keep playing with different types of content. But I would challenge this brand to keep it short and sweet, making some, you know, under 10 seconds. A lot of people are talking about the seven second thing right now and try using trending audio. So like a few ideas could be short farm clips. You're talking about responsible beefing. Show me, show it to me. Show me the responsible beefing. Pouring jerky into a bowl using slow-mo with some trending audio or the process of making built You guys have the production facility. People love those process videos. Give, give us some of those. Make them quick. And yeah, I think those are just like some quick ideas that came to mind.
3: Do you guys have recommendations for brands on like I guess like the percentage of video to static posts and like
2: how much I was literally going to ask that same question. <laughs> oh, well both of y'all are asking. <laughs> so curious. We have to know.
3: <laughs> video performs really well. And I know that um most people, you know, enjoy watching videos, but they can be a little bit more time consuming to make. Um, but yeah, what would you be your recommendation for us?
0: I would say and it kind of plays into exactly what you said like establishing your goals but in the same rank, in the same vein I want to say whatever you are capable cuz we're talking to people founders who are doing this themselves still you know, like whatever you are capable of doing with the time that you have allotted for your marketing. And I need you to allot some time for marketing. So if that means that you can only get one video out a month and get that video out a month, if it means that you are able to get one a week, make it a goal to get that one out a week. So generally the more video content, the better. You can always utilize trending things online that you see, as long as you ask permissions to reshare and things like that. Uh, But there's so many little pieces of video content that you don't need to try really hard on. Like I said, like pouring jerky into a bowl in slow-mo. And then, you know, like when you're scrolling Instagram, they're like, Put this audio onto your last camera video and it's romantic, you know? So, little things like that, just play into it and try it and see what hits because you never know. But I think outside of just like video, because that seems a little bit more intimidating for some people, I would stress the importance of varied content, where, whether it comes to like carousel posts and static posts and video posts. And I think later, which is some social media software just put out something that out of all of these millions of things that they've researched or like uh, pulled analytics from, carousel posts are some of the highest engaged above static posts and above video posts, not reels. So it's just like, I want to see some carousel posts here too. And that's where Canva can come in to make it really easy to do that. So I don't, there's not a hard and fast answer to like how many video Posts I want a brand to do, but as much as you can is always a good answer.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Like, what else? What else did you see in terms of tips looking at their social?
0: Yeah, honestly, I that was to not overwhelm. I think that's like the starting point that I want to share with them, you know, just keeping it varied, leaning into the short form video content refining your, your actual like content buckets or pillars or messaging buckets. And, you know, like really talking about the responsible beefing part of it, because if you're going to put it up front and center like that, I want to see as much of that as possible. Yeah. And then some of this ties into website stuff. When I come to a website, no matter what website it is, I want you to get me with either a banner at the top or a pop-up that's telling me that you're going to give me something if I make a purchase. I want to feel that way, especially with these smaller brands. So a pop-up that says, I need something from you, aka an email address, and I'm going to give you 10% off your first order because email... Always, 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 no matter how big or small your brand is, should be one of your biggest marketing lovers because you own that data. You're not. It's not on the whim of any other big social media corporation. It's you have these emails that they have given you and you can send them responsibly what you want to send them. So I want to see a pop-up for lead gen or I want to see a banner that tells me that you're going to give me something in exchange for either an email or a purchase. So I want to see that first. And then I'm glad that y'all said this earlier when you were talking about PR, but like coming to the website and seeing a picture of a cow and it's just being like grass-fed beef. It's like, okay, I get it. That's cool. I I I like it. Um, But let's try and refine what that headline looks like, what that hero image looks like, and the call to action. We want a button. We want to be able to click through and purchase. I want you to tell me where I need to go. I don't want to have to search for it. So even if you want, if you want to, if you want to have a picture of a beautiful, I wish I knew what kind of cow this was. It's on the tip of my tongue. If anybody knows. Um, but if you want to have that, overlay some of your packaging too, and have a call to action button that's like shop now or something that will get me to your collections page, to your shop page to potentially purchase.
1: yeah, i would I would love to see like product or product in use something like that on this hero image. the The cow photo is gorgeous though. Um, definitely can utilize in so many ways, but I completely agree with you there. Beyond just that hero image, investing, it's such a, it's such a thing. Uh, (laughs) Investing in product photography is just so important for CPG brands. Um, And I think having a shoot, it can be a small shoot with like a local photographer, just trying to get some more package photos. And if you have any friends or family, or if you want to hire models, to get their hands in the bags or their face near a bag, just getting some lifestyle photography as well as that studio or package photography, I think could really just elevate your entire marketing assets. Um, So highly recommend doing that. I would look at Epic Provisions. They, I -hmm. mean, (laughs) love them, Um, but their product photo is their packaging and again, with CPG, packaging is so important. It's what mm-hmm. m- makes people stop when they're shopping in retail. It People want to see what they're going to get and they like opening boxes and it's really fun. So um, I think replacing your current product photos, which your branding is beautiful, to your actual package and then maybe some additional lifestyle photos could really help conversions there. Um, we, we had the same, no, we already talked about what is Biltong. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know, but not everyone else may know. So okay. just,
3: I had, to, I, had I had to, I had to look it up, but now that I know what it is,
2: oh, Lindsay did not know. <laughs> I have had other brands of Biltong before and it is delicious. So everyone should try it.
0: <laughs> if you Ignorced eat that. by Steph. If you,
2: even if you don't eat meat, there is mushroom biltong, apparently.
3: <laughs> to the saleswoman. Sorry, when I started um, just kind of like Googling to, to do some more research on what biltong actually is, and I came across a couple of their competitors and seeing like mm-hmm. how they were explaining it. Um, like I think Strives, I think might be how you say it. Um, mm-hmm. Really good job on their website and on their social and um, in kind of getting to the point on what Biltong is and why you should love it. Um, so that was something that I noticed. Um, and back to what you were talking about, Allison, with photography on the website, having the like lifestyle pictures, just like how you enjoy the product, how you're, you know, whether that's like the hand in the bag or like, you know, how uh, to hike the bag in your bag while you're on the yeah. go, just showing like how you would, use it, eat it, enjoy it, I think is so useful, not just for the website, but also for us for pitching, um, Mm -hmm. able to have, you know, you know, great high res imagery, um, is such a, a a value add and it's a great way to increase your odds of getting media coverage.
1: Yeah, I like how you put that. How the user is going to use it, <laughs> because when you're buying a product, you you're really kind of thinking about you know yourself and how it's going to change your life or improve your life. So I think that would be huge. Um, and then on the educational piece, again, you know if if you need to, I, I would do your own research and definitely look up Strive. It's S T R Y V E, I believe. But try to relate it to the beef jerky eaters of the world. Why, you know, why should they switch from beef jerky that they've eaten their whole life into biltong? And how is it different? How does it taste better? Um, Why is it better? All of those things are super important, and they should be highlighted as soon as you get to your website or really anywhere else. And then let's move to paid social. So there's no paid ads running, but that's okay. Not everyone needs to start off running ads, but we'd like to talk about some things that you could do if you decide to run ads in the future. So this is kind of a website note as well that Karen and I put together. So getting product bundles on your site. So we generally generally like to see um, the, the average order value on your site, at least at the $20 range. So 20 to 40, uh, at least, I would say. So try bundling some of your best sellers and make a bestseller pack. You know, do a three-pack of your vegan jerky. Do certain combinations based on the data that you're seeing from customers and create more bundles. Um, Also, I don't think that you guys are using subscription at this time. This is a product that I think could make an awesome subscription for anyone that wants to come on your site and automatically get these to your, to their door on a bi-monthly basis. So definitely try to get that AOV up just by doing those simple things like bundling and subscription. Again, the product photos, uh, they, I think we need some lifestyle photos and, um, show off the packaging again that's going to help with ad conversions as well. If you ever want to run ads and then back to the educational side. So with ads, so we've worked with a built on brand before, and there is going to be an initial educational piece to these ads, just because not everyone is aware yet of what it is. So I would really look into targeting the big beef jerky brands or people who love beef jerky as your audiences. And then just like everyone has been saying, kind of lay out why Biltong is better than beef jerky, why you should make the switch, targeting keto people, targeting people who um, are into paleo or other health, anything that your product's value propositions touch on definitely look into targeting those people. And then of course you can target the vegans with your mushroom jerky. So those are some audiences that you could look at. And then just looking at your actual product value props. So 17 grams of protein, thinly sliced and tender, no nitrates, no preservatives. Those would be awesome pieces of copy on your ads. Those are also things that you can include in your messaging on your organic social or through your email marketing as well. So those are some really great uh, value props on your product that you can definitely highlight. It's also low calorie. It's a low calorie snack. So there's so much stuff to talk about here, which is really exciting. And then talking back to those press hits that you've received. So again, those can make some really awesome ads because it, it gives you an extra dose of clout and social proof just starting off. So say you're um, you know, trying to expand in the Boston market, or say you even have a retailer in Boston and you're wanting people to go and shop in store. You can run targeted ads in that area and use those press hits, those local press hits um, and really hit that audience hard with all of that social proof. So definitely uh, use all those assets that you already have if you decide to run ads in the future. We also are huge fans of UGC styled ads. So UGC means user generated content. Basically, it's content that Um, other people have created for you, or you can just DIY it and create yourself. It looks just like really native looking content that your friend or family would post on their Instagram or on their Facebook. And it's them, you know, taking the product on a hike, um, you know, making a recipe or just simply eating it. And those types of ads with, with people in it that look super native, like they were shot on an iPhone. Are generally the most highly converting ads that you can run. And the awesome part is you don't have to hire a photographer or videographer to create them. You can send some to your friends and family and ask them to take photos. Or if you're running one of those influencer campaigns, make sure um, to ask them if you can use these types of this type of content in your ads as well. And then I think someone brought up recipes as well. And I think it's on your website. So Using Biltong in different recipes or as like a salad topper, showing people how to actually use the product beyond just snacking could be really interesting for content. We also love any behind the scenes, like if you're visiting a farm um, where your cows are raised, or if you want to talk about your story and your mission and why this, you know, you came to create this product, those types of ads are also really, really powerful. And then highlight definitely that you have. Free shipping. So, free shipping increases conversions, I would say 90% of the time. So, highlighting that you have free shipping on your site for all domestic orders through your ad creatives is really going to help people go and check out. And if you do decide to use one of those lead generation pop ups on your site and offer like 10% off if someone signs up for your email, you can also use that 10% off. In your ads to help those first-time buyers actually initiate a checkout. It's going to help them push them over the edge. So that I just ran through that, y'all. Those are my little paid social ad tips. I also think that this, this brand could kill it on Amazon. I don't know if you guys are running Amazon ads. We're not an Amazon ads uh, agency, but I think this brand really uh, suits itself for Amazon as well. So...
2: I was going to say like, it's just, it's helpful for us. I mean, I think we like, we both kind of know what the other company, you know, what are like counterparts in this do, but to hear kind of like how it all ties together, like, you know, for a press hit, we get the press hit and then, you know, it can be maximized on a paid ad or we work with an influencer and they create user generated content, which then can be used on, you know, the actual account or obviously a paid ad and other things like that. So it's like really, you know, ideally like a brand is doing all of these things, but um I know it's a lot. <laughs> so it's even just taking pieces of this and like figuring out how to maximize it, like kind of from the PR into the marketing or vice versa, I guess. De- yeah, definitely. It's like an ecosystem that
1: de- you don't want to work harder. <laughs> Just <laughs> really think about how you can use those assets across all of your marketing channels. And support each yeah. other.
3: Supports, essentially. For the same goal.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. Same. We have the same goal. Exactly. Make some sales. <laughs> um, all right. PR team, The Rind, anything else you want to leave
3: our listeners with? Um I would just say that if you ever have any questions about whether or not you're ready for PR or um how to get started, just contact us. We also, in addition to offering, you know, monthly PR services um, and launch campaigns, we also offer consulting. So we do Brand audits just like this one, um, with kind of a, a tailored toolkit to your brand. Um, so we'll dive into what you guys are doing and what you can be doing. That is awesome. I think that's super duper valuable.
1: Um, and also Umai Marketing has a free five-day mini course. So if you're a young brand or if you're a marketer who wants to brush up on your digital marketing. Uh, you can sign up for our mini course and the Ryan PR's audits. And we'll link both of those in the show notes.
0: Umay Social Circle is a CPG agency driven podcast based out of Austin, Texas. We're excited to share more behind the scene insights, chats with industry leaders, and whatever else we learn along the way. Follow us on Instagram at UmaiMarketing or check out our website umaimarketing.com. Catch you back here soon.